This is Maureen Kafkis, the Brain BS Coach, here to tell you about the episode today. In this holiday episode, I speak with Sarah Maddie Henderson, who is a body transformation coach for women over 40. She helps them to age strong and feel good in their bodies, and we can all use that, especially with increased food and beverage around the holidays. So get ready, episode number 117, don't let the Brain BS about your body ruin your freaking holiday. Do you want more out of your life, but not exactly sure what that might be? Are you longing for something, but can't quite put your finger on what it is? That is the universe speaking to you, and it is time to listen up. I'm your host, Maureen Kafkis, the Brain BS Coach. I created the Brain BS Podcast to help people define what success means to them and show them how to get it. I help you to let go of fear and doubt and prepare your nervous system for success. I show you how to understand your own energy and to trust yourself to make all the decisions. If you are ready to go inward and stop looking outside yourself for all the answers, this is the podcast for you. Now let's get started. Hello and welcome back to the Brain BS Podcast. I have another coach with me today for the holiday series because we're trying to come up with, I'm trying to come up with all the topics that I think could be painful for people through the holidays and try to find some tools and some ways to um, give people a little bit of relief. So that made me think of my friend, Sarah Maddie Henderson, who is a weight loss coach. Is that how you refer to yourself? Well, I'll let you introduce yourself. Go ahead. um, Actually a body transformation coach, because not everybody wants to lose weight. Oh, Um, Yeah, but I say body transformation because um, what I really do is help mostly women over 40 age strong in their body so they can look and feel the way they want to look and feel as they age. Oh, that's so important because as someone who's 59 years old, I've done a lot of work on accepting my body and the age-related changes because no matter how bad you resist it, they're still there. (laughs) Yes, that is one thing we cannot do is stop aging. Well, no, like, and I don't care how many procedures people have or no, at some point in their lives, they're going to look old, yep. right? And the only way to stop it is to not be alive. Yes, I know. I hear that. I hear that so often. And when women are complaining about their birthdays as they get older, I actually used to do it myself until I realized what I was doing. I mean, essentially, it's a privilege to be able to experience these age-related changes the alternative is to be dead right and if you are really feeling good in your body the wrinkles and the 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 sags and and the gray hair doesn't matter as much you know what you are so right about that because i noticed this a while back even if i just do lightweights just lightweights like 20 reps three Three group, what do you call them? Three settings or yes. 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> even though my arms are just as flabby, they don't feel as flabby. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it really yeah. is pretty remarkable. I actually think I saw a, a post recently about something related to that, that you don't have to go really hard at it. You don't have to make it like this all or nothing type of thing so yeah oh I love this the idea of you um also helping people that don't necessarily want to lose weight but they just want to accept themselves as they are and and feeling strong and healthy is the best way to do that really because 
if you're taking care of yourself in the way that feels good to you, then there's nothing to not like. Really? Because yeah, you love the way that you're showing up for yourself and you're showing yourself love yep. and care. And that's, that's people don't realize that that's really what feels so shitty. Yes. How hard we are on ourselves and how right. we don't think we're good enough. And here we have these bodies that carry us every single day and do yep. all this work for us. And all we're doing is like complaining about them, bad mouthing them and showing no appreciation for them. That's right. And I think part of the reason that we feel so bad all the time is because we're aspiring to this perfect ideal of not only what we're supposed to look like, but how we're supposed to eat, how we're supposed to exercise, how we're supposed to do everything. And so if we can't attain this 10 out of 10, then we've failed. And so then we feel shitty instead of, instead of stopping and asking ourselves, okay, what, what's ideal for me? What makes me feel the best? And what is realistic for me in my life? And what makes me feel good? Cause that's going to be different for everybody. Yeah. And I, I think there's a lot of compare and despair as different people yeah. age, you know, differently, which when I brought you on, I didn't know that we were going to be talking about weight with aging, but I love it because I really do think that that's a huge thing. Like for women, I'm sure guys too, but for women in particular, when you don't feel good in your own skin, you can't get excited about getting a new outfit for the holidays, right? You don't even want to, you don't even want to go get an outfit when, and if it really doesn't have anything to do with your weight, it's how you're thinking and feeling about yourself. And it's so true. And it's also what you're being told. You know, I'm 50 and so many of my clients, all of my clients generally are 40 and up, 45 to 65, I would say is the average age. And we're going through a lot of physiologic changes with menopause. And we're told everywhere by doctors, by society, that we should look a certain way, but you know, you're old, so you can't expect too much. So we're sort of ping-ponged between these two different um, dichotomies, which is like, okay, you're supposed to look like this ideal woman, but you know, you're old, so don't expect too much. So it's all or nothing and and we feel lost and so then we kind of just give up well and that translates pretty much to every area of life right it's not just like we're everyone gets like you know all the counseling on where they should go for college what their should careers should be who they should get married to yeah. if they have children who's going to take care of the children but then once that happens and the kids leave the nest it's like so we're just like supposed to coast for the rest of our lives. Like we yeah, don't no one, no one gives, and, no right? one gives any guidance anymore. No one, no one is there saying, well, okay, what are your goals now? And how do you want to get there? And what would make you feel the best? It's sort of like after you're done with the kids, that's it. Right. Like, as if the only reason that you were born was to take care of these kids, which can't be the case because I wasn't even able to have children. <laughs> So that's that would right. mean my life isn't worth living. That's right. I'm not in that situation. 
And I just want to point out that I had menopause in my late 30s. So oh, even that, yeah. So yeah. even that, you're supposed to go through menopause, like, you know, 40s, 50s, right. doesn't always, it doesn't right. always work out that way. So let's, let's, because the whole point of this series is for people who are struggling this time of year, yeah. let's talk a little bit around the shame and yeah. the morality around weight and how maybe um, you help women to deal with that. It's huge. Um, I think, I don't know that I've ever met a woman who didn't ever experience shame around her body or what she has eaten or not eaten or not fed her family even. Um, and so it's, it's pervasive. And I think that it's very much a learned because we, if we were born in a different time, in a different culture, in a different society, there would be a totally different expectation about what we were supposed to look like and how we were supposed to feed ourselves. I mean, home scales weren't even in our homes a hundred years ago. There wasn't such thing as a calorie a hundred years ago. It hadn't been determined yet. Um, there were no gyms, there was no exercise equipment. This is all really, really recent. And so, so much of the shame that we have around it has been learned only in, I mean, I was born in 1972. So really in my lifetime, in the past 60, 70 years. And I think just knowing that it's something that we've been learned, we've been conditioned to believe and that we've learned and sort of picked up and adopted is the first step in having a little bit of distance from it. Yeah, that's interesting too, because even the term overweight is made up. Right, it's all made up. Yeah, and it used to be that women who were really voluptuous and heavyset and curvy were like, you know, sought after. And and that was also a sign of wealth. Right. Passed with men, like the bigger you were, the wealthier right. you were because you could afford food and, and whatever. And so, generally it's because you could afford processed food. The whole food was peasant food, peasant bread, you know, animals that are slaughtered and eggs and things like that, but processed foods and sugars and flours and things like that, that was only for the wealthy. And, and so that's interesting also. And now it's the opposite in our culture where the more processed the food is, the less expensive it is. And it's, it's actually the lower socioeconomic groups that have more um weight issues and more processed food but that's a whole other conversation yeah right right <laughs> okay so now I want to talk a little bit about clothes because clothes matter to a lot of women right and I discovered a couple of things that I've been doing the last couple of years and when I realized that I was doing it I honestly didn't know I have this pair of black pants okay there's theory I spent a good deal of money on them and They've always been a little snug, mm -hmm. always. So I use them as my gauge of whether my weight is okay or not. So every time I put them on, they annoy me because they're a little yeah. snug, right? Yeah. So this year I threw them out. I didn't throw I, them out, I gave them away. I gave them to someone else and I was like, why am I continuing to use a pair of pants 
that I never think fit quite good enough that I can never get my weight. Like my weight is always around five pounds off from where I want it. And you would think that it was 500, the amount of time, energy, and effort that's gone in to these, these pounds. It's crazy. Yeah. And, and so essentially you're using the pants, like most people use a scale and we were taught to get on the scale and you see a number. And if it's a quote unquote, good number, you can feel good about yourself today. And if it's not a good number, then you get to feel bad about yourself today. And that's how the pants were working for you. Well, I, I got on the scale too. Oh, you did both. So it makes no sense that yeah, I would yeah. wear pants that are never going to fit me the way I want them to. They haven't for like two decades. And, and this is the important thing that I want to say, because I think so much, first of all, women never, ever need to feel bad about how they look or what they eat, period. However, we tend to be given this choice in our society where you either suffer by depriving yourself with food and over exercising to look a certain way to make you feel good, or you say, screw it. I'm not doing any of that. I'm fine with being X amount, X size, even though I don't like it because I can't do this other thing over here, this deprivation workout thing. And I think that that's one of the myths that, that we fall into is that we either feel bad in, the, in this body that we don't love, or we feel bad depriving ourselves and working our ass off in the gym. And what I think is really important to know is that there's a middle ground this place where we have a really frank conversation with ourselves and we say, what do we actually want? Because if you're really miserable in your body, then let's do something about it, but let's do it in a loving way. That's not trying to hate ourselves into this new body or judge ourselves or shame ourselves into it. And, and I think that one of the things that's really missing from our society is this is this third option. And I'm all for throw the scale out, stop measuring yourself if that's what makes you really feel good. But it doesn't always. But it doesn't always. And that's the yeah. that's the place where we where we really have to look at like what is the feeling that I'm avoiding? Is it and which one's harder sometimes? Is it waking up in a body that doesn't feel good? Or is it you know, changing our behaviors. And then the next part is when I wake up in the body that doesn't feel good, why doesn't it feel good? It's one thing for it not to feel good because you can't move it. It's uncomfortable. You're inflamed. It's hard to get up and down stairs versus society tells me I should weigh five pounds less. And that's why I feel bad. Yeah. I mean, right? those are two really different things. Yeah. 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 And it, and it is the, and you, you it, pretty much, I think women bounce between the two. It's yes. oh, I'm going to deprive myself. I'm going to do it. And it's like, Oh no, I can't do it. It's not. And then you go back to this side and you're like, okay, I'm getting eaten. I'm going to have fun and stuff. Oh, no, this feels shitty too. Yeah. And it's like, which do. feels less shitty and your nervous system is always going to choose the thing that feels familiar because that's what's safe in yeah. its, in its mind. Right. So you could think, oh no, this feels better for me 
but it actually just feels safer, not necessarily better. And I have to tell you, I was a dietitian 30, almost 25 years ago at one of the top health spas in the world. And I could never feel good. I never felt good in my body. I was never lean. I was teaching nutrition to, you know, famous people. And I myself, even at 20 and 30, was not happy in my body, even though I was like a size eight all the time. And what turned out to be the truth for me, which was both of those things were happening. One, I was shaming myself and feeling so bad in my body all the time that I was going from deprivation to overindulgence and deprivation to overindulgence. And I was trapped in that cycle. And then the other part was, I actually, there was a physiologic component to me not feeling good. It turned out that I had a lot of inflammatory issues caused by, even though I only had 20 extra pounds of body fat, they were causing health issues that were making me feel bad, even in my 20s and 30s. So both things were happening for me that I needed to come to terms with. And, and it was a, it was a hard thing because society was telling me, no, you're a size eight, you're fine. Why are you being so hard on yourself? But then I was, do you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, no, I, I do. I so do. many mixed messages in society that yeah. we've lost the ability to really listen to our heart and what we actually want and need. And our body. And what our body wants. Right? Yeah, our body. Yeah. So I've kind of come to the conclusion that I can tell by the way I feel on a daily basis, if I ate food that serves me yes. or if it doesn't, I, it's pretty clear to me how to tell the difference. So I'm pretty much going with that now. Yes. Yeah. And so long we ignored that. Like I loved oatmeal and ate it every single morning for years. Felt awful every single time I ate it. But my brain was like, but oatmeal is so good for you. It must be something else. Isn't that funny? For years, I did yeah, because that. You know, it, you know what it's like, Sarah? It's like when you look outside and the weather forecast said it was going to be sunny, but it's raining. And you're like, but it's supposed to be sunny today. Yeah. Right? You just don't believe the facts. Right. We don't we yeah. don't really look at reality. We look at what, what our mind, because that's what our brains do. They look for yeah. evidence of what they're thinking. Yeah. Right? So, okay, well... This has been really interesting and I really love this conversation and it's really making me think, I, I mean, I was kind of going in this direction anyway, but like I'm saying this, there's guys out there too, but ladies don't let the holiday Susan or season be ruined because you weigh any extra pounds at any, all. Like, anything at all. It's a made up number that is revealed to you with a piece of metal that's run by batteries. If you, right? If yeah. you were to, if you were to chop your leg off and get on the scale, it would tell you that you're approximately, depending on your size, you know, 40 pounds less. And so it's, that's all it can do. It's literally all it can do is measure the weight of the thing that's on it. it has nothing to do with our value, our self-worth, our health, anything. Yeah. And that number too, I'll just say at my, like, I actually just did a 
I do all the time, but I got rid of a bunch of stuff like clothes that just my body, even though my weight is pretty close to how it has been for the last two decades, yep. my body's changed and clothes that used to fit do not fit now. Yeah. So that's like, I'm getting rid of those too. I don't need a visual reminder all the time of the clothes that I used to look good in. Yeah. And I love, I love that. I think it's so important to only have clothes in your closet that make you feel amazing because every one of us deserves to walk into our closet and be excited about what we're putting on, whether it's a sweatshirt or a dress or a pair of pants, it doesn't matter, but you should love the way you look and feel in it. And yeah. we all deserve that. And that's something we can do is just like clear out all the crap. Even if you only have 10 things in your closet, it's going to delight you to walk into 10 things that you love versus 10 things that you love sandwiched between 50 things that make you feel awful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So tell us a little bit about um, what it would, how you work with people. So if anybody's interested in working with you. So I primarily work with women. I have a few male clients here and there and midlife, perimenopause and menopause. So forties, my oldest client was 84, which is super fun. Loved her. And, and my goal is to take my nutrition background and really help people feed and nourish their cells so that our body stops asking for food all the damn time so that then we can work on the mindset and the stuff that really lights our soul up that doesn't have anything to do with food yeah you bring up a good point because we all have bigger fish to fry way bigger other things to waste our beautiful brain energy yes. on than yes. beating ourselves up for not looking good enough and being fat my the best thing about my life now compared to when I was in my 20s, 30s, and 40s, was that I spent so much time thinking about how I wanted to look, what I should be eating, what I shouldn't have eaten, what I wish I would have done, what I regretted doing, about food, planning my food, thinking about how hungry I was, wishing I could have the things in the cupboard and trying not to have them. And now I just don't think about it. It's amazing what happens when you actually nourish your cells so that you shut off all that signaling. And that's where what I do is unique because of my extensive nutrition background. Then you can start noticing your mindset once your body's fed. You're like, huh, why do I keep thinking that I need chocolate every night after dinner? I wonder what that's about. And like just being able to be curious with so much compassion and love for yourself instead of so much judgment. Yeah, you it's really about creating a new relationship with your body, right? When you Absolutely. think about it, it's like if you were going out with someone and they were treating you like shit all the time, you won't want anything to do with them. And even creating a new relationship with food and how you feed yourself. You know, if you were in a romantic relationship with food and you were like Monday through Thursday, oh my God, I hate you, stay away from me. And then Friday, you're just like, okay, I can't stop thinking about you anymore. And then you binge, 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 binge. And then by Sunday, you're just like, why did I do that? I should never have called you. 
Yeah. And if it was a girlfriend, she'd be like, oh my God, why do you keep going to him on the weekends? Yes. Yes. Why do you keep doing that to yourself? And that's really the cycle that most of us, that was the cycle I was in for most of my life. It's like exercise and eat my chicken and broccoli all week. And then, oh, I've been so good. I feel so deprived and it's not working and I'm still fat and what's happening. And then all of that mind drama and all of the nutrition that I deprived myself of all week then caught up with me on the weekend. And I, I would overeat, undo everything that I did all week, and then just stayed in the cycle continually until I was 40. And yeah. I figured and we get so negative when we don't show up the way that we want to. And we have so much guilt and we beat ourselves up and that's never going to be a place where you're going to create change. Never. As soon as you go into judgment in your brain, you lose the ability to problem solve and get curious. And so it's just always just like if you find yourself at the bottom of a container of ice cream that you didn't plan on eating, instead of beating yourself up, it's like, oh, honey, what's going on? What what was happening there? What do you think that was? What do you, what do you think you need? What can I do to make this okay? Like you wouldn't beat the shit out of yourself if you were being kind and compassionate. Yeah, that's that's a big challenge, I think, for a lot of women. So, yeah. okay, well, I'm so glad you came on and talked with this or talked to me about this today. And I'm wondering if there's anything else you want to share that you haven't said yet. Um, yeah, actually, if anybody wants to um, follow me, I post tons of helpful information on social media under Recovered Health as opposed to my name, which is um, R-E-C-O-V-R-D health.com. And that, oh, can, yeah. yeah. We'll put the link in the show notes. Yeah. For that. But I love, I love to um, try and give information that's helpful multiple times a week because um, I just want to try and, and put more information out there um, to help people. Okay. And do you do one-to-one -one or do you have a program? Yeah. So right now I'm only doing one-on-one -on -one coaching. Okay. And, um, I have actually a couple spots left this year and, um, and then hopefully early next year, I'm going to be moving into a group program. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast today. Audience. I know you learned something valuable. See you next episode. Thanks for being here and learning about Brain BS. I hope you enjoyed listening to the episode as much as I enjoyed creating it for you. If you did, please take a little time to do a quick review, give me five stars and share it with everyone you know. If you're actually interested in being on the podcast yourself or have questions about it, you can find me in the Brain BS podcast community on Facebook. See you next time.